Hey everyone, I need your attention for one minute. This is not one of those ads. This is something that has changed my entire life. If you've been listening to this podcast, you know that this is all about personal development as the foundation for everything good in your life. And this podcast is now sponsored by Growth Day, which is the world's first all-in-one personal development app. I mean, oh my gosh, can you imagine having everything all in one place that you need to create the life that you want? Now you can. So if you've been struggling with your motivation, your mood, your productivity, or your purpose, you have to check this out. Growth Day helps you consciously change your life and achieve your potential. It has all the self-improvement tools, motivational classes, and life coaching all in one place. So many of us want to improve our lives, but the question is how? Where do we start? What do we use? How do you get unstuck? How do you make self-improvement stick? Well, research shows how. It's when you consistently journal, track your habits, set goals, learn from empowering mentors, and challenge yourself that you'll be happier, healthier, and more successful. But let me ask you something. Where do you actually do all of your personal development work? I have to tell you that over 300,000 people use Growth Day for a reason. It works. It's the world's number one software for self-improvement. Growth Day has an amazing mindset journal that I absolutely love, a habit tracker, and a goal-setting system. In fact, I bet if you went to my stories this week, you probably saw me using the journaling app and telling you to do it too, because it's the first time that journaling has ever actually stuck consistently in my life because of this app. And best of all, Growth Day has live inspirational classes every single week from the world's top motivational speakers and life coaches. These are people who have impacted my life in huge ways. These are mentors who I already knew and loved. In fact, this is something that's so huge for me, you guys. I personally teach a class in Growth Day every single month, and it is one of the most fun things that I get to do, and I'd love to see you there. These classes will truly shift your life. There's always something new that you will learn. So join me in 300,000 Achievers Growing Our Lives with actual real intention. Visit growthday.com slash Lori for a free trial. Yes, you can try this for free. So go to growthday.com slash Lori and go live your best life. You guys, that's growthday.com forward slash Lori. And I can't wait to see you there. Okay, so I bet you didn't know this, but dehydration occurs daily in three out of four people. And this could be why maybe you're experiencing daily headaches, dizziness, brain fog, muscle fatigue, muscle cramps, dry skin, and more. You guys know that I am obsessed with being hydrated, but I'm not very obsessed with drinking plain water. So that's why I love liquid IV. It is the easiest way to stay hydrated. One stick of liquid IV in 16 ounces of water hydrates you faster and more efficiently than water alone. It has as much hydration as two to three bottles of water plus vitamin C, B3, B5, B6, and B12. So if you have not been feeling your best, if you've been feeling headachy, maybe your workouts aren't as good, So many of you don't realize this could be a hydration problem. What I love most about it is that it just tastes so freaking good and actually makes me drink a ton 
of water. And I've noticed that my skin isn't as dry. I really struggle with dry skin and I do as much as I possibly can to make sure that I feel super hydrated and keep my skin from cracking. So Liquid IV is available nationwide at Target, Whole Foods, and Costco. Or because you guys listen, why wouldn't you just get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code happy at checkout. That's H-A-P-B-Y, all caps at checkout. 25% off anything you order when you use your promo code happy at liquidiv.com. And again, you can also find them at Target, Whole Foods, and Costco. You guys, give it a try. I thought because I grew up seeing people complain and bitch and moan about their lives that they actually wanted to change it. When I started to discover how to change, I ran to them like, guys, I found it. You know, I found the I found the pot of gold. And they're like, get the hell away from me, you nut. Mm. They didn't want to change. And then they were trying to put me down because of it. Welcome to the Earn Your Happy Podcast. I'm Lori Harder, founder of The Bliss Project, three-time fitness world champion, fitness expert, and cover model turned self-love junkie, lifestyle entrepreneur, and author. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a thought that will help you bust through your fears, connect to your soul, and get focused and clear so you can elevate your life, business, and relationships. We don't wait until we're ready for someone to tell us we're good enough. We take what we want and we anoint ourselves. Get ready to earn, own, and unapologetically rock your happiness every single day. Are you with me? Here we go. So my guest today is David Nagel, and he's the founder of the multi-million dollar global coaching company, Life Is Now, Inc. He's helping thousands of entrepreneurs, experts, and self-employed professionals gain the confidence and find the right mindset to increase their revenue, turning their endeavors into seven and eight figure ventures. You guys, this is all about scaling. Being in the coaching and mentorship industry for over 20 years, he's worked alongside other well-known people you may have heard of, like Bob Proctor and Tony Robbins. His clients include many well-known people, including number one New York Times bestseller, Jen Sincero, who has been on this podcast and she seriously really is a badass. Because of the results his clients have achieved, along with his dedication, his coaching has expanded to more than 30 countries, and he's been featured on Forbes, CBS, NBC, Wall Street Journal, Entrepreneur, Fox, and he's also a best-selling author of The Millions Within. So you guys, I loved this podcast because, as you know, I am building a company. I'm building Light Pink right now, which I really need to learn all about scaling and business as I can. So this was the perfect person to actually use as my own coach for an hour. So tune in. I know it's going to help you. Okay, here we go. David, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm thrilled to be here, Lori. Thank you so much. Oh man, we're going to talk about some good stuff today. And first of all, I do have to say, I had the absolute honor of going on your podcast, the Successful Mind Podcast, and I had so 
much fun. You are such an amazing host. And that's actually how I found you is through listening to a podcast. Well, it was through a mutual friend, Jen Gottlieb. But then I was like, okay, I got to know all about this guy. And I went and listened to a podcast that you were talking about the seven levels of awareness. And that was it for me. I was like, I need, I need to know more. I need to learn from this human. He's amazing. So I'm so excited to have you here. Well, thank you very much. It's a uh, it's a real honor to be here, and 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 thanks for uh, mentioning the podcast. That's that's fantastic. I yeah, the seven levels is amazing. It's uh, it really it changed my life when I learned it. I'll tell you that. You know, it's so cool because I had mentioned it briefly on my podcast, and I loved it because it was like you can kind of learn what level you're at and understand that there's so many areas of growth. And the higher the levels you go, the more ease you're going to have in life. I mean, the harder it's probably going to get to those levels, but it's like doing hard things makes your life easier. And I just, it's, if people can recognize where they're at and what they're doing to make their life more difficult, it's like, I think that's what's happening, you know, so much in my life is that understanding that, oh, it's actually me making my life more difficult. And when I can understand these kind of like universal fundamental truths, you can actually move through anything by kind of applying these new levels of awareness. A hundred percent. And the other thing is um, your ability to to manifest or create your life or your business the way that you want it is much easier, I think, because it gets you out of survival and mass consciousness, which are the bottom two levels. So... Oh my God. Yes. So that's why this is going to be so awesome for this audience is because they are all such goal oriented people. And, you know, I, the other thing that was huge for me, and I know we'll also touch on this throughout as we touch on uh, every level, is it really helped me understand and have compassion for other people. I could kind of like, you know, understand which level they were at. And it let me let go and move through and understand, like, oh, that's not actually worth my energy because they just don't have this understanding. Yet, and it was really powerful for me. Whether it was, you know, business or people you were working with that you're having challenges with, it, it kind of helps you decide where you're going to spend your time. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that is such a good point. If we have awareness around others, we can meet them where they are or lift mm-hmm. them to where they need to be. And you're definitely right. It allows you to understand people at a totally different level. All right, David. So I I read your bio before this and it's amazing, but I just kind of want people to know what your day-to-day looks like because you have been this incredible coach. You've worked with amazing people. Um, You've started this podcast. You've pretty much done everything in this uh, realm of helping people with awareness and business, bringing people to seven and eight figure businesses. Um, So can you just touch on what your day-to-day is and uh, what you do right now? Well, my so the day to day has shifted a little bit since the 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 COVID situation, but really it's it's uh, with my CEO running the two companies that I have, uh, Nagel Media and um, uh, Life Is Now, which is the, the coaching company. Um, but what I'm what I'm doing is a, a lot of creation. So I think I've gotten to the business to the point where I can step back and create a lot and be out of the day to day running of the business as much. I've got mm. somebody who's been with me for twelve years. She knows the business and the industry inside and out, and she does an amazing job. So she gives me the space to be able to create and expand the companies in the direction that I want to go. So a lot of my time is spent with higher level clients working on the podcast. It's where, you know, I do, well, I was doing a lot of speaking. I, I speak a lot in normal times, <laughs> traveling, quite yeah. a bit, 
but I enjoy it. I mean, I like if if I had my druthers, it would be it would be speaking and doing the podcast and building the companies. Like that's what mm-hmm. I would do the most most of my time. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's very different now. You're doing it well. You can do a lot of speaking on your podcast now. <laughs> Tremendous. Well, everything's been speaking. Yeah. It's either the podcast or Zoom, right? So yes. I mean, it's speaking everywhere on Zoom currently. I know. What are we going to do when we get back on a stage? Like, it's going to feel a, bit, a little rusty. It is going to feel a little rusty, but I'm actually looking <laughs> forward to it because I like doing the stage work. I really, I love live audiences. It's uh, oh it's a gosh, totally different dynamic. It's like. It is personal development for yourself, I think, when you are up there speaking, because you really have to tune in and trust and like know your audience and be willing to shift and let go and all of the things. Yeah, 100%. But you know, I think that there's an energy thing that gets, that, that gets communicated uh, in those dynamics that I think people can pick up on. I do think mm-hmm. like with Zoom and stuff, people get it. But when you're in the same room as somebody, there's something completely different that that transforms uh, between individuals. Million percent. That's why whenever people are talking about like transformation, I'm like, you need to go to an event whenever you can, because it's like total immersion and you pick up on that energy and it's, it's palpable, you know, it's, it's incredible. It's what really can transform you quickly. So I couldn't agree more. Okay. Well, I could, I could talk to you all day about just about everything, but since we are talking about the seven levels of awareness, I guess we can jump into that now. Um, So do you want to start with kind of what you know got you excited about learning this or about diving in and then just go into level one? Yes. So here's the thing. I mean, the idea of awareness is such an mm-hmm. abstract idea. If you just throw it into the middle of the room, it's like, well, what does that look like? How do I do it? How do I know if I'm there? Where do I start? You say, well, you start where you are. Well, where am I? Right? Mm-hmm. People have a difficult time understanding it. And then when I came across this, boy, it's got to be like 27, 28 years ago now. I was like, oh, okay. So I can really kind of gauge by these levels where I am overall in general, and then where I am in, in, with, in different areas of my life, whether it's personal or relationships or business or health or whatever. And I could begin to understand what the operating mechanism is subconsciously, subconsciously for me at those levels and begin to change it so that I can then see a marked difference in the level. Otherwise, it's very difficult to tell. I mean, really, the only measuring stick for awareness is results. You know, we used to tell people back in the day, results are the key. If you look at your results, it'll tell you where you are. And that's great. I mean, that's fine and well. The results do tell a person where they are. But if if they want something, some another way to be able to measure it or guide them through the process of continuing to raise their awareness, I think the seven levels of awareness does that very well. I mean, the best that I've seen so far is what's out there. I didn't create it. I don't know who created it. My mentor introduced it to me. So it's just been a tool that I've used for years to help people learn and, and move forward. Mm, I love that. So what is level one? What does that mean? Level one is animal. And so basically it's survival. That's what it is. It's an animal consciousness. It's fight or flight. It is do in the moment what we need to survive. It is, it is primarily our primordial instinct. It's the reptilian brain. There's not much consciousness there at all. Um, and and the, the idea is just day-to-day survival. And the thing about level one is so many people really live at this level for tremendous parts of their life. 
but they don't know that they're doing it. They're, most people mm-hmm. are, are between a level of like animal and mass, mass consciousness. But if you look at, if you were to sit down, Lori, and break the decision-making process down for most individuals and then dig underneath those decisions and say, why are you making that decision? And they give you an answer and say, okay, how did you come up with that idea? Or what is the value or the belief behind it? What you get to is that it's all based in survival. And that's animal mindset. There's no growth there. It's all safety, survival, certainty. So when a person recognizes that, they can look at, okay, so what do I need to change from a foundational perspective to be able to move out of it? But that's what, that's what the, left, the first level animal is, it's survival. Okay, and level two was mass consciousness? Yeah, mass consciousness. Okay. So mass consciousness is when we move a little bit out of survival, but so we're not being 100% directed by the idea of being safe and certain in and of itself. We're being directed by what other people think we need to do to be safe and certain. So Mm. we follow the masses. We're listening to the mass consciousness of other people's ideas, other people's prejudices, other people's ideas of right and wrong, what should be done, what shouldn't be done. We're not thinking for ourselves, but because everybody else says so, it must be right. And Mm. that's what we follow. It's, It's the herd mentality. Um, I'm trying to think of the name. There's a, there's a great book. Uh, it's called True Believer by Eric Hoffer. If you ever get a chance, I don't know if you've read it, but if you haven't mm-hmm. read it, if you ever get a chance to read it, check it out. It's really great because it is a, it's a beautiful study in mass conscious belief systems mm-hmm. and how it affects people all through history and at, at various different levels. But that's what it is. It's, it's following the herd. Oh man. Okay. So tell me about how you think with social media, how that's either, is it growing it? Is it keeping us stuck there? Is it, how is that affecting that level? It's, 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 it's almost worse than that. In a way it's, it's, it's growing mass consciousness. It's keeping us stuck there, Mm. but it's driving us back down into fight or flight because people are I mean, we've seen something happen on social media that we haven't seen since the Salem witch trials, which is you're guilty before you're judged. You're guilty before you, you have had a chance to have a trial to, to you know, uh, fair representation. And it's not just the, the masses are judging you. The, the people are reacting to the mass judgment. So you get mm. fired, you lose your job, you become a pariah. You're, you can't be part of whatever you were part of before. And, and the idea behind it is it's all fear. It, it's it's fear-mongering to the nth degree. So I don't know where that goes. Like if you were to ask me, where do you think it's going? I have no idea. It, I, yeah. it is, it is, it's insanity on fire as far as I'm mm. concerned. Because mm-hmm. there's no... I think it's not, that there's, it's not that there's nobody out there that has a voice of reason. They can't be heard because it's drowned out by the masses. I was telling somebody that asked me the other day, I said, the, the biggest problem right now is that not just that the ignorant have a voice, but the voice means something. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a problem. Yeah, it is. It, it's, it's crazy because even as people try to speak up, like you said, it's kind of either drown out or those people just get, you know, it's really challenging to be able to show up and protect your your 
mental health and make sure that you're okay with whatever it is that you're talking about or whatever's happening, you know, throughout social media. I've definitely experienced different things through the years where you really have to decide to pick your battles of what you're going to continue to show up for. And, um, you know, it, it is true. You can really start to, you kind of want to avoid it if you realize that you are not part of that mass consciousness. You tend to need to avoid it or it can be exhausting. It, it can be. And, uh, you know, it, one, on one end, it's really great because all the information is available basically to everybody now, which I think is a fantastic thing. On the other hand, we were supposed to be a society that had freedom of speech and to have civil discourse. And that's, in most cases, that's not what it's turning into. It's bullying into believe it my way or your obliquely, whatever it is that they that they want to name you, and I just mm-hmm. think that 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 sends society back in a in a bad direction. Like we've done that in history, you know. Well, I mean, look at what the Germans did to the Nazi, or the German mm-hmm. what the Germans did to the Jews. That was mass consciousness gone the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I don't care who you are. Communication is one of the most important things that we do. And I can tell you as somebody who pretty much writes for a living, whether it is online, whether it's emails, whether it's social, or whether it's some of the books that I've written, you literally want to make sure that you're communicating effectively. I don't know about you, but I've had those moments where I have sent some pretty embarrassing typos, not to mention even getting some edits wrong in my book. And if you're like one of my best friends, she actually had a typo on the cover of her book. And let me tell you, this would have been perfect timing for Grammarly. Grammarly is the digital writing tool that you can always rely on to get your message across clearly and effectively. You guys, this is not like a spell check whatsoever. It works across multiple platforms, including Gmail, Google Docs, in Slack. It is the digital writing assistant that helps more than 20 million people put their best foot forward. It helps me so much with catching different things like consciousness checks, tone, and even plagiarism. You guys, if you've ever written a book, sometimes you're like, am I this amazing or was this a quote? It's going to help you with that. It's super intuitive and it's actually going to help fill in different things that you may not have even thought of. So you guys, Grammarly Premium helps you write like a pro with advanced real-time feedback. Like you can really level up your writing in different projects. So right now, because you guys know I'm obsessed with my sponsors, you get 20% off Grammarly Premium when you sign up at grammarly.com forward slash happy. I'm going to spell that out for you. It's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y.com forward slash happy. So go check it out. Happy is all caps. You guys have got to try this. You're going to love it. So level three, so we know what the next thing is. So breaking away from mass consciousness. So a lot of people, like you said, kind of live in the animal and the mass consciousness, which I can honestly tell you, I kind of grew up in the more survival mode way of thinking. Like I did not make decisions of... uh, from thinking far into my future, really weighing all of the different outcomes and how different people's lives and opinions, you know, could have played into that. So, so we're at level, um, we did level one, level two, and now level three, what's the next step? Right. Or level what's the three, next one from there? 
Level three is aspiration. Level three is when a person starts to begin to think for themselves and they go, wait a second. Mm. Either, either I'm wanting something different or this isn't working for me or I don't agree with what's going on and I really want to see what's different. Something is mm. stirring inside of these individuals. They're aspiring for some kind of a change. And that is like the real first indication that they're starting to think for themselves. So the key in aspiration is acknowledgement, to really acknowledge it. Now, very often when I talk to people about this, I'll say, you know, here's another thing. When you start to aspire for any kind of change in your life, only share it with people that can respect it. Yes. Because you're, <laughs> you're a tender bud when you're, when you're first aspiring, you know, and People always want to throw their opinions in there and they don't necessarily, or they shouldn't necessarily have the, the space to do that with, uh, with everything. So we have to be very careful who we share you know, our aspirations and our dreams with. But that's mm. the first step like, okay, I'm coming out of my shell. I have, a, I have a individuality here and I need to start to recognize it. So it's, it's a really great spot for a person to start to bloom into what they're going to become. Can you remember your first moment of that? And when you shared it, did you share it with someone or was it, is it something that was kind of cut down? Because I can remember mine and it was, I shared it with the wrong people at first. I sh yes, I shared it with the wrong people at first too. <laughs> I had no, I just, I, I yeah, got well, so don't excited. Know. Mm -hmm. I was so excited about what I was discovering. I was like vomiting it all over everybody. <laughs> and I was shocked because here's, here was the thing for me, Lori, and I think I may have told you this before. My whole childhood was about answering a question. And the question was, is it like, do we, do, or do we come from like a sadistic God or is human beings getting something wrong that we just don't mm -hmm. understand? I thought because I grew up seeing people complain and bitch and moan about their lives that they actually wanted to change it. When I started to discover how to change, I ran to them like, guys, I found it. You know, I found the, I found the pot of gold. And they're like, get the hell away from me, you nut. Mm. They didn't want to change. And then they were trying to put me down because of it. So I learned very quickly. It was, it was heart-wrenching at first. It really hurt. It was painful. It was emotionally painful to have that experience because these were people that I loved. And, mm -hmm. But it was a part where you have to become emotionally mature. So... Mm -hmm. So I'm glad you shared that just so people do know that that is what comes with sometimes I, it's, it's typically the first thing that comes and you usually do share it with the wrong people because you don't have the right people in your life yet, usually at this point. So do you hold it in? Like if there's somebody listening who's like, oh my God, I'm having this moment of, I think I you know, want to be something that no one in my family has ever been. Um, what would you recommend for someone at that level to start doing? Well, if they don't have anybody to talk to, they should start journaling. Because mm. one of the things you don't want to do is, is to repress it. You don't want to go back to stuffing it down inside and not acknowledging it or feeling shame around it or guilt or embarrassment. You need to give it some expression because it needs to grow. It needs some air to breathe. You need to get it out there and see what it is and play with it and test it. And You need to start to get intimate with this aspiration. But then you need to start really looking for individuals that also aspire to something. Um, mm -hmm. and, the, and the idea is that you can then share with them. You can have community with those people they'll, and support each other you know, in that growth. But whatever it is, what, like wherever you go to look for your peeps, so to speak, don't stop expressing yourself. 
Because the last thing you want to do is to repress it. Because if you repress it, it, sometimes it becomes very difficult to bring it back out because you're like, I brought it out, but that really hurt. So Mm -hmm. I don't know that I want to bring it out again. I mean, I've seen a lot of people over the years who had a dream. They started to express it. They were, they were ridiculed or teased or bullied for whatever reason, and they put it away and, and they, they didn't bring it back out again. And I see this a lot with women mm-hmm. in, 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 in non-supportive marriages where they started to bring it out. They had a husband that was not supportive or threatened by their idea. They shoved it away and then they're, they're miserable trying to tell themselves that they're happy and they're, and they're not. So the key is, is to keep it out there and acknowledge it. It's a very powerful part of, a, of an individual. Oh man, it's a it's an interesting place because you feel like you're coming alive more than ever, and at the same time, um, it can be the. I think it's probably one of the most challenging places to be because you're breaking away usually from all of the all of the things and people that you've known and loved sometimes, and sometimes you have to get away, and sometimes you will get to keep them in your life, but sometimes it doesn't work that way. So it is a, a place where. I think it's it's a really like do or die type of place. One hundred percent. The do part though mm-hmm. will allow you to move up to level four, which is the individual. That's okay. when a person starts to recognize their individuality. You know, when you when you start to go through the aspiration, I think it causes people, and most people do this silently, by the way, they just kind of sit back and they go into observation. They're really watching everybody around them. And they're noticing that other people aren't really thinking. They're following the masses. They're in fear. They don't know what they want. They don't have a dream. This is When I started to go through this phase, it's when I, I also recognized that how obvious it became that people were lying to themselves. They were saying that they were happy in jobs or relationships or whatever they were doing, but they were not. And it started to become apparent. Like you could almost see your own reflection in the pain of other individuals. Mm-hmm. So I think that there's at this point, this is where the separation starts to mature a little bit. And you realize you have, you've broken free of this hypnosis of the masses. And you're really starting to think for your own and it starts to pick up speed uh, it, in this place. So it, you, the momentum starts to go, like you said a minute ago, you're excited, you're enthusiastic, you're looking for some kind of a direction. And it's a great place to be. You know, it's, it's kind of like, um, you know, when you just, you know, it, in a way, it's kind of like falling in love with yourself. It's like you're discovering this new person on the inside and it's a great person to start to get to know. Mm-hmm. I remember some of those moments where I was like, whoa, this life thing like has some layers to it. And this is kind of fun. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. um, so with number four being individual, what are some of the, like, the bonuses that open up here? Like, is you, does your mind get more creative? Are you starting to like, what were some of the things that you noticed here when you were here? So I went, so this is where I went through kind of a back and forth thing. Okay. The creativity did start to come. But I was flooded with ideas. Mm-hmm. I had so many damn ideas, Lori. It was it was incredible. And my the issue was I didn't know what was a good idea and what wasn't a good right. idea. Right. <laughs> yes. I just wanted to do everything. Like it's all yep. coming. Like let's try this. Let's do this. Let's do you know uh, whatever comes down the pike. I did not. I did not realize at the time 
that I needed to apply something to get it focused and harnessed and, and, and moving in a great direction. But I had all these ideas. And then it became difficult for me if I talked to somebody and they were like, well, that's a stupid idea. Mm-hmm. I didn't have the self-esteem at that time to, to not take it personally. That came, that came a little bit later. It, did, it definitely came, but it, it did come a little bit later. So I went through a little bit of a struggle of not like, uh, you know, getting to this place where I was like, I wasn't going to share. I kept putting it out there, even though it hurt. But it, I will say that there was, a, there was a bit of a challenge. But I really noticed that, you know, at first I wondered, does everybody have this? Like, is this in every single person? And for whatever reason, we're just not getting to it. I honestly didn't know the mm-hmm. answer to that question. And then I found out that, that it was true. And people were literally denying this side of themselves. Mm. So I went through an entire process of, uh, and I had people guide me through this. I didn't do this all on my own, of really acknowledging what is my authentic self? Who am I? So it, it, was, it was really saying what in the individual space, what do I like? What do I want? What do I not like? What do I not want? Because here was something that was really bizarre. When I was going through this, I had this, this moment happen with another individual where I honestly did not know if I was making decisions because I wanted to do something or because it made them happy. Mm. And I remember, I remember exactly where I was sitting when I realized it. And I was frightened for, for a brief period of time. It scared the hell out of me because it felt like a loss of, of a sense of self in a way. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I honestly don't know why I'm making these decisions. So then it was like, okay, I need to really rein this in and I need to find out who I am. So I went through a whole process of, I would write down every day the things that I liked, why I liked them, uh, because I had to get to know me again as an individual. But it, it was exciting. It was scary. It, was, it made me a little nervous at times. Um, and then there was acknowledgement of some things that you're not necessarily proud of, but they're part of you, you know? Mm-hmm. So I had to acknowledge those things. I had to acknowledge things that I did that may have hurt people. I had to acknowledge things that hurt from my past that I had not acknowledged before. Um, I had to acknowledge uh, my, like my secret desires and wishes and ideas. So it was a, it was a, you know, it's tender in there a little bit when you first start exploring around, but I got to know who I was. I really started to get to know me. And as I began to, to get to know me, that individuality began to solidify in my life. Mm-hmm. So I felt like I was, I really was, I wasn't a hundred percent there, but really on the crux of being independent of from other, what other people thought I could, I could, if we were in a conversation together and you gave me your opinion about something. I felt very comfortable saying I agree or I I don't agree without being argumentative, but just stating what my place was. And I could not do that before that in my lifetime. Oh man, that it, honestly, that's such a good exercise for any point that you're at because even though that might've been you know, the place where that kind of uh, cracked open for you as far as like, what do I actually like? What do I enjoy? I think that sometimes we can you know, go to these next levels and you can still settle in there and you can kind of start going back to, you know, doing things just because this is what you've always done. And you forget to ask, like, do I want to do something new? Is there something that I'm 
now need to reassess that's no longer working or serving me. So is that something that you do more often than not now? Or how do you keep tabs on that? Well, I'm very careful on who I let into my head. I mm. I like to when I number one, I love to learn. So it, it whether it's from a person or a book or or wherever I'm I'm getting it from, the arts, music. But what I'll do is if I notice that I'm judging, mm-hmm. I will I will work on putting that aside and I'll say, what is the truth here? What is the truth? But then I'll also step back and go, why am I why am I internally judging this? Why do I feel uncomfortable? Or why does this make me feel anxious? Or why am I being defensive or resisting in the moment? Because I believe those are like that's pointing a light on something that we need to kind of unpack for ourselves and bring to the surface so that we can heal it or change our opinion about it or, or understand what the programming was that we've got as a kid. But I'm always going through that process because I want to be the best person that I can be in this lifetime. That was my promise to myself when I got sucked through the dam when I was younger. And that was my promise to God. So mm-hmm. I'm always working on it from, from that level of like, okay, this might, this might not be pretty, this, you might not like the answer to this, but what's most important, the higher value that I hold is what's the truth? What's the truth about this? So I, I love that question. And I have a question around that to help people kind of dig into their um, moments of observation when they're judging. I know sometimes I've had moments where I'm like, why am I judging this person? And I'm like, well, because they're annoying. And then I'm like, come on, Lori, <laughs> dig deeper. <laughs> why am I judging this person? <laughs> And then, you know, you come up with some other answers like that. Um, But what are some questions to get to the actual reason why? Because sometimes, I don't know about you, David, but I've gotten, you know, when it is someone particularly who's doing something to you or who is really, you know, you're having a serious challenge with and you feel like you have whipped out all of your tricks to, you know, work through the issue... How can we understand um, what's going on? Do you have any questions to kind of pull back some of the layers? So I love Marcus Aurelius's teaching on this. He said, what is this in and of itself? Apart from anything else, right? Because you have, everything has, so there's a, there's a, you have a root cause, but then you have things that are both a cause and effect. It's not, it's not the cause of something, but it's the effect of something else. And if we could get down to what is the base or the root, the root cause or belief or whatever that is that, that is going on with us, we can then see the truth and it doesn't take as long uh, to figure it out. So I always ask, what is this in and of itself? Whether it's behavior or it's a problem that I'm seeing, uh, or if I'm like, especially when I'm coaching people, what I, you know, that... I'm sure you've experienced this where a person is just constantly describing their perspective of something from their story. Mm-hmm. And I will, I want, once they kind of de emotionalize a little bit there, bring it down a little bit, I'll ask them, you know, questions regarding what is this about? So instead of, instead of constantly just trying to take them back, backwards, going to the root of what it is. So I'll say, what was the emotion that you experienced during that? Or, mm-hmm. Why did you say that? Or what does this topic really mean for you? So I'm, so I'm going for what is, the, what is the actual cause of, what, of what's going on? What is this in and of itself, regardless of anything else? Mm-hmm. Somebody brings a problem with their spouse and you're handling it from the perspective of what's going on between the two spouses. I'm going on what's going on from the individual. What is this really about? What is this problem really about? It's not that 
he left the mayonnaise on the counter or <laughs> she left her slippers in the living room. It's not about that. What is actually going on for you? And that's where you start to go backwards into the remnants of like the, an, the animal or the mass consciousness. Because one thing I didn't mention about the mass consciousness is that a tremendous amount of it can be passed down to us through our parents mm-hmm. and the way that we were raised. So the remnants of that could be lingering around in our mind and then they pop up in relationship or they pop up with money or they pop up with business and sales or creativity or lack thereof. So that's what, that's what I do. What, what is this in and of itself, Marcus Aurelius? Mm-hmm. That's super fun work to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. So number five, what is that? Discipline. Discipline. So discipline is when you realize that you got to harness this beast. <laughs> it's out of the cage. You've got to harness it and you got to give it some direction so that you can really, you can really take your individuality, your creativity, your aspiration, all of this that's going on inside of you and 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 give it some life so that it's really so that it's really productive. Um, discipline basically you know, a lot of people have a negative associations with the word, but it comes from the word disciple, right? Mm-hmm. And disciple comes from uh, the meaning to be a student of. So if a person thinks of discipline, one of the fun ways that I like to look at that word is to be, I'm going to be a student of whatever it is I'm disciplining myself uh, around. So mm-hmm. it, it, is, it becomes a discipline. My life becomes a discipline. I'm a student of my own life or I'm a student of my business or I'm a student of guitar or whatever it is that you're, that you're working with discipline so that you don't have a negative connotation in your mind around the word, which can be a block for some individuals. But the part that I like about the, the idea of being a student is that that puts me back into one of my superpowers again, which is learning. So mm-hmm. if I'm a student, I get to learn. And I want to do a deep dive around everything that I can within a given topic so that I'm very well versed in that topic. Uh, I know as much about it as I want or I need or what's required for me to go to the next level. And the great thing about a person's life is that you can never learn enough to have completely mastered it. You can get to a mastery level where you're not really going to be sucked down into mass consciousness or animal again, but you, it's a, it's a, it's con, if you, as long as you're growing, it's constantly evolving. There's, there's new and deeper layers of, of love and learning and intelligence and creativity. I mean, that can go on, doesn't matter how old we live to. So I think discipline is, is the real key to start moving it into a, a productive channel and creating the life that you want. Oh, I, I literally have a, a, like, I have a absolute crush on discipline because it changed my life. Probably because I so resonate with you in the individual part of, of when you get ideas. And it was like, they were just, ideas were almost overwhelming because they were exciting, but also you can feel like you're drowning in all these ideas. Like you don't know what to do. And it's a lot of times it would stop me because I would do everything and exhaust myself or not know what I was doing or wasn't becoming a master of any of them. Um, so having that awareness around discipline of like, okay, let's get clear first. Like, let's see what direction we can go in. How can we create a routine around this? Because I, life actually got pretty, it, it can get, if you could speak to this, because I, this is where a lot of people who I think listen to this podcast are, is they're getting the ideas or they're thinking they need to do everything, or they're not sure which idea is the right idea. 
Um, and it's around creating those disciplines around that. So do you, did you have the moment of trying to figure out which one to start with and what, you know, type of discipline you could really bring into your life to help you move forward? I did. So this is an interesting story. I was working, while I was learning, I was working for a petroleum company and I was climbing the ladder really successfully in that company. But I knew that it wasn't forever. I really wanted to start my own business. However, I didn't have a formal education. I did not see how, I do now, but back then I did not see how the skill sets that I had developed in this petroleum company would transfer over to anything other than maybe a middle manager somewhere. But other than that, it would be in a petroleum company somewhere, which I did, is not mm-hmm. what I wanted to do. So, here, so here's my thinking. I'm thinking, what business could I start that would have a short ramp up time where I would have enough time because I didn't have any capital. So you had to bootstrap right. the business where I, where I would actually have a chance of making it. And I'm thinking, well, like, I, could go, I could open up a hot dog stand. I could start a pizzeria. Like I'm thinking really, really small. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was, I was literally getting, I was seriously thinking about moving toward the idea of a small restaurant in Chicago, literally like a hot dog stand or a pizzeria. And I had mm-hmm. been thinking about this. I had been making plans. I had been calling vendors, really, really figuring out what it would take to do this. And I was driving home and I started to get really emotional. I was driving home from work and I pulled over on the side of the road and I just started to cry. And I didn't know why I was crying. But all that was in my head was, it's not an effing hot dog stand. It's not an effing hot dog stand. <laughs> and I thought to myself, okay, I don't know what it is. I need to just admit that right now. I don't know what it is. And it's okay that I don't know what it is. Like I'm even feeling emotional just telling you the story. I haven't told mm. that story in a long time. Mm. It's okay that I don't know what it is. Whatever, whatever I need will come. And then over a, period, a short period of time, I started to realize that there was more that I needed to learn and discipline myself to do to allow the bigger vision to come in. Because what I had done was great, but it wasn't enough to actually see the bigger vision of where it was that I wanted to go. So I really doubled down on... You know, the other part of the story was this. I was watching a minister on TV. This is this. I forgot this part. And it was Joyce Meyer. And she was talking about her story and she was saying something about being stuck you know, or not hearing God and not being able to move forward. And I was not, and nor am I now religious, I'm spiritual, but I loved her, her teachings at the time. And she said that she had been taught that when God goes silent, it's because you, uh, you're on the right track. You're supposed to continue doing what you're doing. And mm. that, that morning, when I saw that, it really spoke to me. And I was like, that's it. I just need to stay on the track of what I'm doing, stay disciplined in this direction and continue to expand. And that's what I did. And it was a short period of time after that, that I started to have the revelation that I was going to do what I'm actually doing now. Oh my gosh, that is the greatest story. I love that. I'm so glad you shared it. <laughs> and there's a part of me that wishes you would have opened a pizzeria and stayed on track. Yeah. <laughs> <Just kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. And I and I love that it was just such a I I so resonate with that because I, that was a lot of my first things that I did was just I was you think of the things that you can do right away. And you don't, sometimes you don't allow those ideas to marinate because it can come from that place of kind of feeling desperate because you do need to do something. 
So one of the coolest things that I have heard from you guys, tons of you have reached out to me and let me know how many of you are loving Skillshare right now. And you've signed up because of this podcast. Skillshare is an online learning community with thousands of classes. Picture anything that you would ever want to learn. It's like college online, but way better, way more fun and at your own pace. You guys, you can explore pretty much any skill you can possibly think of. Or if you're like me, sometimes I love to just get lost in creativity, in learning, in playing and figuring things out. So that's exactly what Skillshare is amazing for. Let me tell you what they have. Like This is literally mind-blowing. And I know For all of you who listen, you're either an entrepreneur, a creative, or you're just obsessed with learning, which I am. So listen to this one. Creative breakthroughs, eight exercises to power your creativity, confidence, and career by Danielle Krissa. Okay, we could probably all use that. Not to mention the incredible classes that they have on marketing, on social media. And you guys know I'm launching my new company and I need to learn everything I possibly can about marketing. And I'm doing that on Skillshare. So it offers members so much to explore, real projects to create, and the support of fellow creative Skillshare people. It is a beautiful, amazing community of so many incredible creative people. You guys, you have to go and check it out. It's incredibly affordable, especially when compared to pricey in-person classes and workshops. An annual subscription is less than $10 a month, and it has classes to fit your schedule and every skill level. So explore your creativity and get two free months of premium membership at skillshare.com forward slash happy. You guys, for real, that's two whole free months of unlimited access to thousands of classes for free. How many things could you learn right now in two months? Get started and join today by heading to skillshare.com forward slash happy. Two free months free. I hope you try it. Okay, number six experience. Number six is experience. This is where this is where the process, everything starts to ramp up in speed, I feel. Because when you start disciplining yourself, now you're in the doing of yourself. And what we need is feedback. So as I begin to work out whatever it is that I'm doing with my life, I'm starting to get results and the results are telling me something. So if I stay non-emotional about it and I see it just as a result with the idea Mm -hmm. that I'm working towards mastery, I'm working at really getting better, unfolding my life, my business, whatever whatever I'm going after, I can begin to get the experience that I need that will allow me to stay conscious in my decision making process. So that comes all the way back around to number three, and it continues to feed your aspiration. So this is so important because if a person is judging their, their results, if they're judging the experiences that they're having, instead of watching how they unfold and they keep leading them to the next thing, they end up going backwards. So the idea mm-hmm. is, let me see the result and use it to really propel me further by feeding my aspiration. You know, the in your mind, in your subconscious mind, 
Your subconscious mind cannot tell the difference between a big win or a little win or a big loss and a little loss. It only knows win or loss. Hmm. If we're counting or stacking our losses and, and disregarding our wins, which is what most people actually do, they don't measure their success, then all we have is this tremendous reference of everything that we screwed up in life. And it doesn't need to be a lot. Like I dropped the milk this morning and I let the dog ran away. I forgot to pay the light bill. It just keeps going up and up and up. And before you know it, we don't like ourselves anymore. Mm -hmm. we, we come down on ourselves so hard by guilting ourselves and shaming ourselves and uh, should have on ourselves all over the place. I should have done this. I should have done that. We start to build a reference point of not actually liking ourselves. So the experience part is very important. And what am I going to do with these experiences and make sure that I'm stacking them up as wins and not failures, even if it's not the result that I want. The fact that I went out and did something and I'm getting the experience and having it is a win if I make it a win in my mind. Oh, this is good. You, you're making me think about because even right now in this company that I'm starting, I, there's some moments where I'm like, I feel like I'm in a stall point or a stuck point. And I, instead of saying, when have I felt stuck before? I'm like, when have I felt this before? But in, a, in, in times where I've still won. And that's been huge for me because I'm like, oh, I've, this has been a part of every single big dream I've accomplished is this place where you feel like nothing is happening. <laughs> it's like, yeah. And that's a great, you know, instead of even just something little like that, being able to reference it back instead of saying, I feel stuck. It's like, when have I felt this way, but still been able to move through it? So um, yeah, drawing on experience for every, um, you know, thing that I've achieved has been huge. So I love this one because I'm definitely doing that right now. Is there one for you that you kind of could go even, you know, negative, but you've turned it into good experiences that were pivotal moments in your life. What, so when you say negative, what, what, are you, what are you thinking? Like when you've been in an experience that you are not liking, but you were able to draw from another, um, you know, maybe positive experience in your life to turn it around. Yeah. So, well, I, I'll tell you what, the first one was speaking publicly. The first time mm. that I spoke I was I was asked to introduce a doctor friend of mine at an event that had 300 people in it. And I thought it was going to be no big deal. I mean, I had, I don't know that I ever really spoke on stage before, but I acted when I was a kid in front of a live audience, didn't have a problem there. So I get on stage to introduce this guy and I literally forget how to, uh, how to exhale. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't exhale. You should have seen me. Oh, I was no. a mess. I just kept inhaling, inhaling, inhaling. I spit out his name. I ran off the stage, sat down in the first row, broke out in a cold sweat, was completely soaked. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> that experience, I was oh, like, no. well, that's never going to happen again. So, But, but yeah. my very next experience was speaking for three days at my own seminar. So oh, that's, that's kind of weird. I think, the, I think the difficult ones were intimacy. Intimacy in, in communication. Uh, I'm not referring to physical, but in, in communication. My mother was a person who owned the anger in the house. Nobody mm -hmm. could be more angry than her. So it didn't matter what you did. You really didn't have permission to say how you felt unless you were telling her that she was a great mother or something like that. But mm -hmm. you didn't have a way to express this. So I think that negative experience for me caused me to clam up and be afraid to share how I was feeling. So I, you know, turning that experience into something completely different after some heartbreaking 
relationships that ended because I didn't know how to say what I wanted or say what mm. wasn't okay. So I so those are some things that I've had to I had to to deal with, especially in the early days, to turn it into, you know, how do I how do I communicate? How do I communicate what's actually going on with me? How do I say where I am, what I need, ask for what I want, you know, and and also honestly validate other people instead of just being a head nodder, you know, really be able to listen, be compassionate and validate what somebody else is saying. Mm. So from, uh, from that moment of you saying, you know, wow, I'm not able to share or be able to connect with these people because I'm not sharing, you know, intimately with this person because of fear of, you know, from your past, what was the moment that made you break through that? And what was the moment from, you know, from your speaking that made you break through that old experience into creating a new one? What were you telling yourself? The moment was I was, I was working with my mentor and he gave me permission to scream at my mother. Mm. So it was, it was, it was permission to take my power back. See, I didn't realize what she did was not okay. I didn't know that. You know, when you're in that, you don't know. So yeah. I learned over a period of time and and this person that I was working with said to me, you have a voice, use it. It's okay for you to be angry and it's okay for you to draw a boundary with what she's doing and what she's saying. And I did not know that I could do those things. That changed everything for me. It, it was like, I did not realize that as a grown man, I was a young man, but but still a grown man, that my mother had more authority in 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 my mind and in my voice than I did. So wow. in that moment, I took my authority back. And uh, th- yeah, I mean, everything changed once I did that. Mm, that's so powerful. What is number seven? So we've done, let's see. Yes, no, we just left experience. Now we're going to seven. Through the repetition of experience, you move into mastery. So, you know, you go from discipline to experience, you're getting the results, you're seeing them, you're evaluating them, you're determining if they're the results that you want, you're stacking up your wins. So the great thing here, a big part of mastery is confidence. And I get the question all the time, how do I get the confidence to do this or that or the other? And I'm like, you're putting the cart before the the horse. That's not how we get confidence. If you look at a little child, a child does not have the confidence to do something before they do it. The mm-hmm. confidence comes as they go through this process where they start to master whatever the skill set is, whatever they're, whatever they're doing. And as they do that, they then have that confidence. Faith is the first skill or tool that we use. You know, we have desire, the desire to do something, but then it's faith. We have faith that if we do this and we do it repetitively uh, in, a, in a correct way, we will begin to master whatever it is. So once we do that, we develop the confidence, we deepen our belief system, we broaden our vision. So we, now we're a vessel that can take in even more of a vision. We can download much more. We become more capable of moving forward in bigger and greater, greater ways by doing it. But then I also think, that while it's never 100% true that old patterns are completely gone, they've lost so much power at this point that they're not really that much of a concern. Although I think that we always need to practice mindfulness. We're in the mastery of the skill sets at this point where 
we no longer have to really think about it every single day, but it's it, we're literally changing the way that we're thinking and behaving so it's now habitual. It's There is an autopilot aspect to mastery. And this is where ease, ease of effort actually comes in and the grace comes in and we really get to experience those things that people talk about so much. But when we're stumbling through, you know, back down in mass consciousness and aspiration and being an individual, there is no grace there. There's not, you know, we're not really experiencing grace as people talk about it. But when you move into mastery, that's when you 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 have flow, you have grace, you have confidence, you know, there's there's ease of mind, you know, worries. There's also an awareness that I think shifts here because as you begin to master, you see that a lot of the fears that you had when you first started to grow are false. They're not actually real. They lose their power. You're demonstrating mm-hmm. by result that you can that you can be proficient in a new skill set or a set of tasks. Like I tell people all the time when, when earning money, once you learn how to do it and you've done it over and over again, you won't worry for money anymore. You know, yeah. you know the cause and effect of it. You're like, okay, if I'm out of money, this is what I have to do to create money. If I lose my business, I know how to sell. I know I could go be proficient at this anywhere that I go. And you don't worry about money. And it's like, do you have any idea how much free time you have in your life when you don't have to worry about money anymore? You know, it's it affects everything from a totally different perspective. And I really think that mastery brings in that grace and ease into your life. Mm, yes. So it's not that things don't happen to Correct. you. It's that you are not getting either attached or you're not sitting in judgment or you're not sitting in the worry or you just have a massive toolbox. Like you just have everything to be able to get through whatever it is that comes your way. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So for people who are, you know, still getting, they're, they're maybe inexperienced and they really want to move into mastery because they can see where they're still getting, you know, maybe stuck, but they don't know how to get through it. Are there certain things that you've done in your life where you're like, oh, this is really, this is a tough thing for me. Like maybe I'm getting stuck on thinking that I can't go to the next level. Like I don't have the skill set maybe to start that big business or do that thing, even though I've had these past experiences, what do you focus on when there's something really big in front of you that you're starting to have doubts around? So somewhere between discipline and mastery, a person will, if they're really looking at what they're doing, they will uncover that they have a stopping or a self-sabotage strategy. Mm. And if they don't, if they're with a good coach, a good coach will point point this out to them. Everybody has one. We all have a self-sabotage strategy. And what's interesting about it is that if you if you really map it out for yourself, you'll find that it works the same way every single time. <laughs> this thing happens and it screws up my thinking. And then I go into this emotion and then I start blaming people. And then I justify why I'm not doing this anymore. And it's some it's some variation of that for every person. Because when we when we stop doing something or we quit or we fail, there is a process that takes place between our conscious mind and our unconscious mind where we agree with the reality that's being presented to us. And generally, Mm -hmm. it is that some piece of our reality is presenting uh, some level of urgency that we've never seen before. And it be, and we justify it. We rationalize that. So we say, you know what? I just can't deal with this. Like, 
I, you know, I've, I've been sick. I'm not sleeping. I've gained weight. I'm arguing with my husband. Like we come up with some reason and we say, it's just not worth it. That's usually what you hear. It's just not worth it. Or I, I just can't deal with it anymore. Mm-hmm. If, if, you, if you take a step back and you really look at what is the process that, that caused you to go into this place where you're now ready to quit or you don't think you can do it or you're not accessing a bigger vision, what is the process that got you there? You'll find out that there was something that triggered some insecurity inside of yourself where now you went into more of a self-preservation strategy than you did about than you did for expansion. Mm. And I think what <laughs> pardon me? I felt that one. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Once I think if a person unravels that, realizes that they have it, that any time that they get triggered into it, you it can become recognizable really quick, and you can be like, okay, hang on, I am now in a self-preservation strategy or a sabotage strategy. I need to unpack this and find out what's going on so that I can I can move through this. Otherwise, I will totally rationalize anything that comes down the pike. And before you know it, I will quit. Whatever it is, the diet, the relationship, you know, like whatever the commitment is, I'll, I'll, back, my, I'll back out of it. Mm. Yeah, I just unpacked my sabotage strategy. <laughs> you did? I, defi- I definitely know when I'm in it, but like I can see exactly the pivotal points. But you just gave me a huge tool and I hope that um, everyone caught that. So I'm going to say it again. It was the place of like when you start to feel that frustration or that overwhelm or that, you know, lack of self-confidence in something, whatever it looks like, or the, you know, maybe I'm not the person who's going to be able to do this. It's that moment of doubt for me or lack of confidence that says I'm now moving into, um, you know, going into the sabotage and how can I expand? Like, what are, what are the things that make me feel expanded? Who can help me expand? What can I do to even just get that feeling of, you know, expansion and learning back? So that was really yeah. powerful for me. Cool. That's great. Yeah. Well, okay, David. So we've gone through the seven levels. Is there anything about these that we've missed? No, not really. I think, um, I think the idea is that if we're going to move, if you're going to, once the aspiration comes to begin to go down this road, you do need to have a reason. There needs to be some kind of a why. And I think the why needs to deepen and become more solid and more conscious as you continue to move. Because all the way through it, there's going to be challenges. There's no growth without being uncomfortable. There's no growth without challenges. There's no growth without opposition. The other thing is there, there's, as you go toward mastery, you're going to find that you're rising above mediocrity in some area of your life. A guy by the name of Hinckley wrote a great book, book called Standing for Something or Stand for Something. Uh, people should, should get it. It's really great. But here's the idea. Whenever we take a stand for something in our life, we raise ourselves above mediocrity and we're seen. We're seen both by the people that love us and want us to keep going and by the people that are threatened by us. We need to know that um, so that we understand from an emotional maturity standpoint and the idea of how important our vision is for ourselves, how we're going to deal with it because everybody's going to have detractors along the way at some point. So the idea is that if I stand for something in my life because it means a lot to me. I want to be a better person. I want to do something for someone else. I, I'm going to polarize people on both sides to some degree. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the taller I stand for something, the more I'm going to polarize people. So mm-hmm. 
there is a whole part of going through the seven the seven levels just for that part of maturity in your life. Being able to be solid in who you are and really stand for what you believe is right in the world, regardless of what what everybody else is saying or what they're doing. Mm. So good, David. I'm so grateful for you. Thank you so much for sharing this. And you guys, I definitely, you have to go check his podcast out. I know that you learned um, amazing things today. So go and subscribe to the Successful Mind podcast on iTunes. Let him know how much you loved this podcast. David, is there any last words that you want to say? Find something worthwhile and make it your life. Hmm. So good. And you guys, something that we love to do on this podcast is to tag David on Instagram. David, what is your Instagram handle? Uh, it's, it's at David underscore P as in Paul underscore Nagel. Okay. So go find David and they will because they always find ones even when they, even when they're tough yeah. to find, they will go and find you. And tag David, tag myself, let him know what your biggest takeaway was from this podcast. I'm telling you, it's such a nice gift to give to our guests because they add so much value to our lives. So make sure you tag him, tag myself, let him know what your biggest takeaway was from this podcast. And you guys, you know that I love to share everything that you put out there because that's how the podcast gets out into the world. David, so grateful for you. I really, really hope they go subscribe to your podcast and listen to yours just as much as mine, if not more, because you have such great, (laughs) great info and you have really made an impact on my life. So you guys, make sure you share. And until next time, earn your happy. Bye, everyone. Thank you guys so much for spending this time with me on the Earn Your Happy podcast. I am so glad that you stopped by. If you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would love it, that would be absolutely amazing and we would be forever grateful. Also, please leave us a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving us an honest thought and honest comment. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you want to hear more of. It would really help us out on our journey to helping thousands and thousands of people. Until then, don't forget to earn your happy. Thanks again, guys. Bye-bye. Hey, do you know what the big secret is this year? And it shouldn't be a secret because this should be your biggest focus. It is building your community. I am always working on building and nurturing my community. And everyone is talking about the power of community. Without an online community, you just cannot grow organically or create a real movement, which is what I know that we're all after. And you can build trust or monetize your audience. When you get community right, Not only does your audience grow faster, but so do your sales. But where's everybody gonna be managing their communities these days? And a lot of online entrepreneurs and thought leaders are turning to circle.so. 
Circle is an all-in-one community platform. It lets you host content and create discussions, live streams, group chats, and memberships all under your own brand. And what's so cool about Circle.so is that you don't even need a website or Facebook group. Instead, Circle lets you build your own community site where you can host content and manage your members. You can even create locked and unlocked content spaces, groups, and classes. How freaking cool is that? You can put your content behind a paywall too, and you can charge different amounts of money for different spaces on your community site. Circle.so is famously easy to use, and it has a free 14-day trial for you, so you can go check it out, see if you like it, see if you love all the options. Just go to circle.so. Go check it out right now, you guys. Imagine being able to manage your community, start group chats and live classes, and accept payments all in one place. Kind of mind-blowing since this is usually spread all over the place. You have to log into so many different things. If this is the year to capture, organize, and monetize your community, head over to circle.so. You can get a free trial and start building your online community right now. Just go to circle.so. You guys, you get the 14-day free trial. So just go and see if it's for you. It's going to streamline everything and make your life so much easier. It's so freaking cool. Want to know a huge secret to my success? Okay, not only my success, but just about every single person that I have interviewed on this podcast who is successful has this in common. You guys, they love to journal. They capture their life lessons and what they're grateful for. But a lot of people don't keep this up consistently. And most people do know that the research shows that journaling deepens your gratitude and increases self-awareness. But did you also know that journaling decreases stress and helps you achieve your goals faster? In fact, journaling is a huge differentiator between average performers at work and high-performing people. It leads to longer-term clarity, confidence, and success. So why don't more people journal? Why didn't I journal consistently? Honestly, they don't like staring at a blank page. It's hard to carry a book around with you or a notepad, and they just don't even know what to write about, or they just forget. That's why I know that you're going to love Growth Day. It's the world's number one system for self-improvement, and it's like all-in-one personal development in an app. And it has an awesome digital journal, and people love it. Growth Day's digital journal has hundreds of research-backed writing prompts for self-reflection, positive mindset, confidence building, and success. I use them all the time, and it makes me think in ways that I typically don't, and it makes me ask myself better questions, which we all know gets better results in our life. It even has prompts that help you develop a daily, weekly, or monthly habit of reflecting on your life and identifying areas to grow. So it's a perfect time of year to start journaling, you guys. When you sign up at Growth Day, you also get systems for habit tracking, goal setting, and scoring and improving every area of your life. Best of all, I get to teach there too, you guys. I'm so excited. I hope that I get to see you. I teach live in Growth Day every single month with a new topic just for you. So join me there. Start your free trial at growthdate.com slash Lori.
Hey, I know if you're listening to this podcast that you have big dreams and big goals. And one of the things that can really stop you is struggling with your marketing. Trust me, I have been there. Are you using 10 different systems just to build your online business? Then I want you to try Kajabi. Kajabi helps you build your web pages, set up funnels, and sell your courses, content, coaching, or communities. You've been hearing me talk a lot about funnels on this podcast and the importance of your email list. You can get a free trial at kajabi.com. That's K-A-J-A-B-I.com. I've talked about Kajabi before, but here's something that's super cool and new. They just rolled out an AI assistant for creating your online course curriculum. And this means you just type in a topic that you want to create on a course or webinar and bam, it's just generates a sample outline for you. It takes a ton of the hard work away. Of course, you're going to customize it to be your own, but this really helps you get over the struggle of how in the world to start which is where most people stop. If you're like me, starting is always the hardest part and that's what makes Kajabi so popular. They've made it easier for creators to build web pages, build courses, build coaching programs, build membership sites, build checkout pages, and build email funnels. So if you're struggling with any of those, you gotta go check it out. Go to kajabi.com. Kajabi was really the first all-in-one system and is trusted by over 100,000 creators. I think that's good enough for me. Also as influencers and marketers use this and now their smart ai platform makes it easy to take what you know and turn it into an online course and business go start building with a free trial at kajabi.com that's k-a-j-a-b-i.com